Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. Mike Bauman with you as always. Hope you guys are having a great week. Hope you're getting ready to have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's all I can really say, man. It's been awesome to see you guys checking out the show. It's been a lot of fun to bring these episodes to you and just to get back into the swang of things. As you guys know, this time of the year, there's so many good shows, so many bands going on tour, playing around the country, playing festivals. There's so many awesome, awesome things going on in music right now, especially heavy music. And this week is no different in my corner of the world I am going to bring you guys a band on this week's show that has really been around for 15 years now. Based out of Michigan, kind of came about at a time when when what ended up becoming coined new metal was at its peak. And they, they were a band that really couldn't be pigeonholed. You know, they kind of had their own thing and their own sound. Ended up releasing a, an EP independently that did very, very well. Sold over 4,000 copies to date, and that came out 10 years ago. And these guys are trucking. They've recently changed their name. It's a new beginning for them, and they've got some new material coming out. And I thought this would be the great opportunity that I'd have to showcase these guys on this show with uh, an interview from their lead singer that I did back in January when they came through Toledo the first time. And they're actually going to be coming through Toledo again on May 8th. And that band is Heartsick, and that man is Alfonso, the lead vocalist for Heartsick, formerly known as No Life. These guys originated, as I said, out of Lansing, Michigan, way back in 2000 and they've they've battled through some things you know this this is a band like i said not only who their their sound couldn't be pigeonholed but you know from from having the opportunity to perform at vans warp tour mayhem festival experiencing highs like that to lows like the death of their former drummer matt martins um these guys have really kind of been through the ringer, man, but they're still around and they're still playing shows and they're still making music and they sound awesome. Some of you may know them from back in the day, their EP Veins and Vines, which I alluded to moments ago, that actually went on to sell, like I said, more than 4,000 copies independently. Great, great songs on that. I think on their band camp, they actually re-released that with some live tracks, but it's been 10 years since that. That's probably what you guys are really familiar with from them. And it was just so cool to talk to uh, Alfonso because, you know, these guys <clears throat> actually played Toledo a lot back in the day. And one of the bands that I've come to know in the last four years, uh, you guys hear their music in the, on this podcast, Tropic Bombs, for the, the bumper music. And two members of that band, Nick Archer and Steve Dwyer, the bassist and the drummer, they actually play in Once Over, who's been around about as long as No Life, now Heartsick. And they used to play shows together back in the day at Headliners. And it was really cool when I asked Alfonso about you know any memories he's had from Toledo over the years. And he talked about how back in the day they used to play with Once Over and how he still has their CD. And I just thought that that was so cool, and it just goes to show you that music really is a universal language. It doesn't matter where you're from. You know, if you can feel it, you can feel it, and it's really as simple as that. And Alfonso was a, was a super nice guy. It was great to catch up with him, and I, I reached out to him, you know, January, February, March, April. It's now three months later 
since I wrote that story for Toledo Free Press when they came through Toledo the first time this year. And I said, you know what, man, I, you know, I still have that conversation you and I had and, and, you know, and I've been keeping up with the Facebook page, saw you guys have now changed your name. I watched the lyric video to the song that you guys will hear at the end of this podcast that Alfonso was kind enough to give me. And he totally gave me the green light for everything to share the conversation and give you guys some music from Heartsick. So, you know, just goes to show you what a down to earth, cool dude he is. And those guys have a lot of really, really cool things coming up this year. For those of you who live in the Michigan area, those guys actually have a show at the Loft coming up on May 9th with 36 Crazy Fists and Tooth Grinder. It's an all-ages show, 15 bucks in advance, 20 bucks the day of. So if you're in that area, make sure you go check those guys out at The Loft. And their website that you can check them out too is ReverbNation.com forward slash HeartSickBand and Facebook.com forward slash HeartSickBand. So it's just I'm just excited to bring this one to you. It's I always love it when I see people who are really passionate about what they do, have a genuine love for what they do. And music, as you guys know, is a big part of my life, man. I love this stuff. That's why I do this podcast. It's it's just I just have that itch that I have to scratch with this because I just love music so much, especially heavy music. And you know, really since college, I started to kind of get into more different different types of heavier music you know because when you're a kid you know and, and i'm talking like nine ten years old really the only exposure you get to music is either the radio when you're in the car with mom and dad or whoever and whatever your parents listen to you know and i grew up on 80s pop my mom is a huge police fan she loves the talking heads uh she likes some of the new wave stuff you know duran duran she loved in excess um, she's also a big Earth, Wind, and Fire fan, which that, that was a little prior to the 80s, but she was huge into 80s pop stuff, and especially The Police. Like, that's her all-time favorite band. I think Gordon Sumner, a.k.a. Sting, is probably, like, the one man that if he made a pass at my mom, she would probably be like, all right. <laughs> but uh, shout-out, Mom. I love you. But um, so she listened to that, and then my dad was a big classic rock guy you know and he listened to everything from like Clapton to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and then in the 90s my dad actually started to get into like Dishwalla he had Alice in Chains unplugged and then my oldest brother Brandon uh, who I love very nearly and dearly nearly and dearly he say that three times fast he was the one that really kind of influenced me to get into the heavier stuff because he's six years older you know so He's from my dad's first marriage, so when he would come over when we were kids, me and my brother would follow him around all the time. You know what I mean? Like your oldest siblings, you just look up to them like they're just they're just God. You know what I mean? And he came over, and you got to remember, he was born in 82. So in the mid-90s, he was right in the thick of like Pantera being at their peak and Korn coming in and changing the game. Metallica at that time, everybody was giving them crap because they cut their hair and they weren't playing speed metal thrashy type riffs anymore you know which really that started in the early 90s with the black album which is an amazing record but so so i started to get into metallica you know in in like the mid 90s you know initially just because i wanted to be like my brother you know what i mean and then as i got older i just kind of found that that was just sort of the music that spoke to me the most was the heavier stuff you know but really i i, I listened to a lot of radio rock 
um, through high school. And it really wasn't until about sophomore year of college that I started to really venture off into a lot of different realms. I, I never – the screaming stuff when I was younger, I admittedly, I just didn't – I didn't get it. I didn't have an appreciation for hardcore vocals when I was younger because everything I had come from to that point was pretty much singing. Even though Jonathan Davis from Korn has a very unique voice and can sing some dark, you know, abrasive type stuff, he never really was like much of a – he didn't really have like hardcore type vocals, you know what I mean? And and then when I when I got to my sophomore year of college, it was Five Finger Death Punch and Trivium that really kind of started to and Kill Switch that really started to get me into that realm, and that opened up like Pandora's box to a bunch of great bands, you know. Um, you know, so so that's kind of how I got to where I am today, and I and to this day I'm always looking for new stuff. I've mentioned them on this podcast before. I think Monstro I love very very much. They came out the record. It's been like three or four years ago now, and uh, the bassist for that band is playing with Hell Yeah now, and his brother, Troy, is the bassist and vocalist for Mastodon, but I love Monstro, and then Monstro got me into like Over the Ocean, and then I started listening to like, you know, psychedelic, shoegazy, you know, ambient type stuff like Explosions in the Sky and Exit Calm, and so so I, I when I say I love music, I really mean that I love music, but... Really, I, I've I've the last few years, like I said, I've I've just for the, about the last seven eight years now. That's really been how I've started to kind of go back into more hardcore stuff. You know, I got really into Killswitch Engage um, and and that Massachusetts metal scene in general. I mean, you had bands like Shadows Fall coming out of there, um, Under Oath, Unearth. I mean, just all those bands. And then, like I said, I got really into Trivium, really am a big fan of Trivium and Death Punch, seeing them live. I know I know now they've kind of become the band. I feel like they're starting to become the band that that's because they've been successful. You know, whenever you when you get to the top of your career, no matter what you're in, there's always going to be people that are going to try to find things about you to take you down. And, um, you know, one thing that I'll say about Death Punch is I've seen them three times live and I've never been disappointed. You know, if you, if you want to learn how to be an awesome band live, go see Five Finger Death Punch because their energy is ridiculous. They are so talented on their instruments. And that first record was like, like I said, that was kind of like opening Pandora's box for me because Ivan Moody has such a powerful voice, but also just like when he does his, his cleans, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, he could, he could sing pretty much anything in my opinion, but Seeing them, I saw them when I was 20 years old, and I've talked about that on this show with with my buddies, two of my best buddies in the whole world, Dave and Chad, when they opened for Disturbed, and that was nuts. It was absolutely insane. And then Seven Dust, one of my all-time – hopefully I can get somebody from Seven Dust in this podcast because they're all really nice guys. They've been a huge influence on me, huge influence on me. If if I could only listen to like five bands the rest of my life, if I got stranded on an island somewhere, hopefully not – they would be a band that I, I would hope that I'd have like everything from their catalog because I have so, so much respect for those guys. And again, live, nobody really does it like Seven Dust Live. Yeah, I mean, just nobody. So that's kind of my story on how I've I've gotten into a lot of different stuff over the years. So getting the chance to do a story on a band like Heartsick, formerly known as No Life, and getting a chance to talk to a dude like Alfonso who also, you know, even though he's a, a little bit older than me, kind of came from 
you know, that same realm right at that time when his band was forming. They, they were in just the, you know, you had Corn and Limp Biscuit. All those bands were kind of at the height of what came to be known as new metal, love it or hate it, that term. And then you had the mid-2000s where bands like Kill Switch, Lamb of God, Trivium, you know, God forbid, all these bands were kind of ushering in what then became known as like the new wave of American heavy metal. So these guys were right in the midst of all of that, and you'll hear about that in this conversation with Alfonso, but so excited to bring you guys this one. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my mouth and give you my conversation with Alfonso from Heartsick. Here it is. Well, thanks again, man, for uh, for taking some time with me today. I really appreciate it. When I when I saw you guys were coming in Toledo, I wanted to uh, to get in touch with you for uh, for a story. Um, Especially being a Midwest band, man. I mean, for for you personally, I, I know you guys have been at it with uh, with no life for for fifteen years almost now. But um, when when did things start for you musically as like a vocalist and just and just wanting to be in a band? I mean, what what inspired you growing up to kind of get the ball rolling? Honestly, like ever since I can remember as a kid, man. Like I remember being in first grade in Puerto Rico and just you know my teacher asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up you know it was like a sort of like show and tell thing and I was like I want to be I want to be a musician I want to be a singer so for me it's always sort of been something I've always wanted to do I've never not felt like I didn't want to I don't know it's just since I can remember man it's just been something I've always loved and you know, it, it just kind of grew from there as I got older. You know, I, I, I sung in, like, choir in middle school, and, you know, I just kind of developed from there, you know, until I started learning how to play instruments. So you grew up in, uh, Port, how long were you in Puerto Rico before you ended up in uh, in Lansing? Um, I actually moved around a lot. I was a, uh, um, my dad was in the Army for a while, and I was born in Puerto Rico and stayed there for a little bit. And then moved to Dominican Republic and lived there for a while. And then moved to Germany. And then finally ended up in Miami, Florida, where I where I lived until I was about 18. And then I moved up here to go to Michigan State. I've been up in Michigan since I was well, 17, 18. Um, I graduated when I was 17 and I came up here. And I started going to, I got accepted to the pre-medical program at MSU. I was going to be a doctor, actually. And I, it wasn't for me, so... I've been up here for since 1999. So right, right around that time, that was right before you started uh, started No Life. Like how how did that um, how did that come about from from being up here? Was was it some buddies in college? I mean, how how did that work out? Yeah, pretty much. What ended up happening was, I mean, like the the the, the, the I, you know, I moved up here to Michigan. I didn't know anybody. I, I moved to a state where I didn't have any family or nothing. And I was alone in college, and out of the window out of my dorm room, I looked out, and there was this dude who had a system of a down teacher and was wearing, like, a big jingo jeans, like, back in the day. And I was like, that dude kind of looks like me, you know? Like, it looks like he's doing what I like. So, like, you know, it's kind of weird and softish, but for, like, a week, I kind of watched him, like, in my dorm area, you know, like, in the buildings, and I was like, all right, I'm not sure if the strength to, like, go talk to him, and I was like, hey, man. Uh, he's like, uh, yeah, and I was like, cool, I play bass, that's jam. And he was like, okay. 
And then from there, it just kind of took off. Like, me and him, our guitar player, Jared, we jammed for, like, a year, just me and him, just, like, writing songs. And then we went into the music store here in town, and there was an ad. And there was, like, a drummer and uh, another guitar player and, like, a DJ they were looking for, like, people to jam with. And we're, like, sweet. So we gave him a call, and that's kind of how, like, the band started, you know? So who was the guy wearing the System of a Down t-shirt? Our guitar player, Jared. Okay. So so that that was really, you just had to muster up the courage to go to go find the guy that was wearing the System t-shirt? Pretty much. I saw him, like, every day, all week, in my, like, dorm room, like, in my dorm area, like, in the buildings and the halls that we were at. I saw him, like, every day for, like, a week, and I was like, all right, man, like, I need to make friends. It's either now or never. And he was, like, the one dude that looked like he liked any of the music that I liked. And I just finally, like, came, and I was like, hey, man, what's up, you know? Now, for, um... For you guys too, uh, you've you guys have played over a thousand shows over the years. I mean, you've you've been at it for, for oh, yeah. a long time. What what has yeah, sure. this uh, this road been like over over the last fifteen years? I mean, because there, there's been so many changes in in the music industry, uh, especially just kind of in the metal and sort of the hardcore alternative realm that that you guys are, are sort of in that vein. I mean, what what has it been like as a band from? from Lansing, you know, trying to get your name out there and, and trying to make something happen? It's been, you know, it was tough for a long time, and I mean, it still is. I mean, now the, the only advantage that we have, I would say, is that, you know, we've been around for such a long time that, you know, we've never, we've never wavered in the style that we are, you know, we've never jumped on, like, a, a trend bus or anything. We've always done what we, what we do, but we came in at a weird time, you know, we came in right when like new metal was kind of like dying out and it had reached its peak you know like bands like Korn and Limp Bizkit and Stains that all released like the three huge records and now their records are kind of like dwindling and then you had these bands like Trade You and like you know Every you know, every time I die and as I lay dying those bands are starting to get popular and here we are like mixing both of these sounds together so people didn't really know what to think and by the time that like we finally formed the sound that we like you know the bands that were really popular now had switched completely it was like corn wasn't huge anymore you know at that time it was like Asale Dying and like uh, Martyr AD and Betray You and the Double Wars Prod and like those bands were the bands coming up so we kind of just didn't fit in and like People were really confused, you know, like they were like, oh, you know, this is some stupid new metal band, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, then other bands were like, this is some stupid, wacky, hardcore band, blah, blah, blah. And, it, you know, it was, we had, we had this like weird, like, love-hate relationship with people. Like nobody wanted to like us because we weren't what was hip, but nobody wanted to hate us because we weren't completely deviating from what was popular either you know we were just doing whatever we did and it took like a good like five six years for people to finally like kick the down on the whole like you guys are pretty new metal thing and finally you know they just kind of started respecting what we did and now it's more like it's coming back around to being very like even keeled i think with the type of metal that are out there so now it's not a part of the battle especially that we've been around for so long a lot of people know who we are know what we sound like, know what we're about, and 
Yeah, and, and, and it's it, th- that's part of the reason why I wanted to ask you that too, because th- there has been so many changes, uh, and, and as you mentioned, right around like the turn of the century, like that. Like actually, another Detroit area band that I saw when I was like nineteen, like seven, eight years ago. My buddy was in a local band, Inner Sanctum, here in Toledo, and they played um, on a show we with. Uh, <laughs> did you really? <laughs> Yeah, a long time ago. He played, uh, they played on a show with uh, Critical Bill and uh, Drowning Pool at uh, at Peabody's in Cleveland. And I remember seeing Critical Bill, and and, um, and, and those guys had a really good sound. But I, I, I think with them, you know, it kind of seemed like the same thing, that in, in sort of that time they were kind of doing the rap rock thing at a time when stuff was kind of shifting. So it's, it, and even recently it's like, Bands like God Forbid and Shadows Fall and Diecast, who I thought were all like really awesome bands, like two of them, God Forbid yeah. and Shadows Fall, they kind of have either disbanded or taken a hiatus, and it's just it's just weird how it seems like some bands kind of reach that plateau where they're kind of on like that that level, like Lamb of God and Kill Switch, and how other really talented bands have these like hardcore fan bases, but for whatever reason don't don't get to that level i mean as somebody who's who's been in it for a while i mean do, why do you think that is or, or or do you just stop kind of asking those questions after a certain point you know i mean i still ask those questions because i mean regardless of the fact that i'm in a band i'm also really into the music stuff that the business side of the music industry Like I did, worship some of these bands, and they can come back, you know. So 
I think it's just kind of, it's, it's like style, man. You know, trends just kind of repeat themselves after a while. They just come back in like new forms. And some people just are really good at being able to keep with those trends and kind of transform but still stay true to themselves, you know? I think a great example of that is a band like the Deftones, you know? I'll talk about a band that's never really had any real commercial success, per se, quote-unquote, but it still managed to stay beyond relevant and has influenced almost every band that's out there now, big or small, you know? And they still sell records and they still get to tour and do what they do and they've managed to do that and stay relevant and still make the music they want, you know? Is that inspiring to, to you guys, especially, you know, as you mentioned earlier, because you guys have not tried to, to ride the wave of whether it was metalcore or new metal or whatever, you you just kind of did what you did. And even listening to, like, um, the EP, Veins and Vines, I mean, it, when you guys came out with that, I mean, at, at that time, there was a lot of different stuff going on. I, I would say around 2005, metalcore had kind of really taken, taken hold, but you guys did a lot of different stuff on that EP, so... For you guys, what what has kept the ship afloat for you guys as far as wanting to continue to press on um, despite, you know, like you said, seeing some of the trends come and go? Um, I think really honestly, first and foremost, it's really like the bond that we have as a band and as members. Like, we're all best friends. You know, like, nobody in this band is in this band because it's a chore. We do it because we really love it and we love to challenge, you know, we love to write music. And I think the second biggest part of it is we still see potential for us to keep writing music and progressing in the style that we do write. You know, there's so much, you know, just because something is popular doesn't mean a bunch of you should follow. I think that right. some of the greatest bands that you have out there, you know, that have made history drew from those types of influences but made it their own. I mean, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, you know, Iron Butterfly, David Clapton, Korn, you know, Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine, Slipknot. I mean, all these bands were able to keep drawing from the stuff that was becoming popular, even though what they were doing may have started becoming irrelevant and they were able to revive themselves. And I think for us, it's the same thing, you know, it's, we love making music, we're best friends, and the challenge of writing something that we feel is awesome and is still relevant still thrills us, you know. I think if, if, I think if the thrill wasn't there anymore and if, or if the love for it wasn't there, then we would stop, you know. But we none of us feel that way. It, you know, we really do love to do it, regardless of whatever's popular or not, you know. If you need to lock with something in the basement and go write the next Lamb of God record or the next, you know, I don't know, a Trey record or whatever that was popular right now, but... We don't want to. And I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you what bands we're really relevant right now or not. I, I really have no clue. Well, and I, and I think what's cool is, uh, especially being from, uh, like, I've grown up in Toledo uh, and been in the Midwest my whole life, and um, it seems like over the last decade or so, there, there's been a really good mix of, of veteran bands like you guys and also bands like, especially even just from the Detroit area, like Wilson and King 810 that have been bands that have really kind of come up the old school way and really done the work and, and made a name for themselves. I mean, how, how do you feel as a guy who's been in this for a long time uh, to see, you know, bands not only from the area that, that you guys are in, but um, but just the Midwest in general, sort of the influence it's had. I mean, even like the Black Keys, I think, are from Akron, you know. I mean, it's it's been yeah, a really yeah. good time for the Midwest. I mean, I, I think it's awesome, man. You know, I mean, regardless of what type of style of music you play, I think you should support the artists that are from that area 
that are really putting your your town on the map and, and your state on the map because that's good for everybody, you know. And it's especially it's, it's good for the artists that aren't at that level yet. I'm, you know, Wilson are some of our best friends, you know, like the, the guys in King Wano. I mean, I've known those guys since they were literally 12 years old. I mean, I remember those. I have a, I have a DVD of ours that we put out where some of those guys are standing in front of the front row going crazy, like knowing all the lyrics to our songs, and they still do. We're all friends. We're all in it together, and I think that there should never be any of this kind of competition. I think it's great for the Midwest. I think when bands... You know, like the Black Keys or Machine Gun Kelly or Wilson or King A. Wano, whoever the hell comes up, you know, it's good to support those people because that that brings attention to your scene and it can give your band attention as well because, you know, label representatives or people or fans of that type of style can be like, oh my God, like, look how many bands are coming out of Toledo or from Flint or from Detroit or from Lansing. This is crazy. Let's check these bands out. And I think that that's good. You know, I, you know I've never understood the whole kind of like, oh, whatever, screw that band or this band, you know, like that's just stupid to me, you know, especially when it comes to like genre. That's the dumbest thing you could possibly you know, limit yourself to to a certain genre of music and just swear everything else off because that's the most closed-minded you can thing you can do, especially as a musician. You know. Yeah, and, and, and for you guys, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of nuts to think it's been ten years since Veins and Vine. I mean, for for yourself, you know, going through this digital age and all the changes that have been through in the music industry to sell four thousand over four thousand copies of that independently is still, I, I would say, a huge compliment in and of itself. Um, what yeah, is, is it nuts to think it's been ten years and, and also that you guys that you guys did that, man? Yeah, I mean, like you know, I mean, I, you know, and it's the most cliche thing to say, but. You know, when we started, we were just in a basement playing and thinking that it was cool and fun. You know, we never would have thought we would have sold X amount of records or made X amount of fans or played Mayhem Festival or been on Warp Tour. I mean, like, that's not stuff that, like, you really, I, I mean, not for us, I think if, if you really love it, you don't do it to try and get that stuff. You just do it because you love to do it. And if it comes along, great. You know, we've been very fortunate. I mean, yeah, it's been like 10 years since we released things and buying things. That's crazy to think about that. You know, and it's like, wow. And that record, I still get people asking for that record. I mean, you can still buy it and it's, it's cool, you know. It, it speaks, I think it speaks volumes for the type of band that we are too, you know. We stick to our guns and we write we write songs, you know, and it's not about being cool or popular, you know, whatever, trendy. I mean, it's just who we are, you know. Like it or don't, we don't care. We're still going to do it, you know. Yeah, and, and listening to that too, uh, what I liked about it was... Um... You guys had had some slow builds and in, in, in several of those songs. It was almost kind of like like shoegazy, and then and then it would go heavy. I mean, you guys looking back, I mean, for for that being 05, there there were still a lot of bands at that time who were sort of riding that new metal or metalcore wave, and and you guys kind of mixed in some some different elements on that one. Exactly, and and that has a lot to do with the individual members of this band. I mean, like we're the band that we are because of the people that are in the band. It, it, I, I, we're the kind of band that it's like I really feel like if if one of us wasn't in it, then it would just you know not feel exactly the same. I think a lot of that originality that came when we first started was the band members in general ourselves because of all the different influences that we have. I mean, we're polar opposites when it comes to music, you know, and like each one of us has a completely different taste in the type of metal and music that we like. Obviously, we have similar bands that we love, but, you know, 
each one of those has their own identity, and it's 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 interesting. It's really influenced the band, especially with the new record that we have coming out. I mean, you know, I'm so excited about it, and when people hear this new record, I mean. I'm telling you, it's if you stop beans and vines is really eclectic. Yeah, how how has that process been going? Because I, I saw on the uh, on the Facebook page that you guys are you're just about done with the uh, the new material. Yeah, I mean the record is pretty much done. Um, all we're doing now is we're just mixing the song, and we just you know we we had a fundraiser to pay off the record. We raised some money, but we still need to finish paying off the record. So right now, pretty much where it's at is. We're just taking our time mixing the songs until we pay off the record. We have, you know, we have a couple more things that we got to do mix-wise, just very small stuff. But you know, we're hoping to have it out by March is when is when it's slated to come out. So we're stoked about it. You know, I mean, now it's just now it's those little final stages of perfection. You know, like we want it to be perfect and we want it to sound exactly where you hear it in our heads. So we're just taking our time to really make it sound great so that, you know, when people buy it, it's something that they really want and, and it's something that they they get the value in it, you know. We don't want to just put something out and be like, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and where did you guys, uh, where, you, where have you guys been recording this one? Have you have you been doing it uh, in Michigan? We did it in Michigan. We actually did, we actually did um, most of the record in Bay City. Okay. Uh, Michigan, which is about an hour and a half north of our hometown in Lansing. And then we did another portion of the record in the Detroit area out in White Lake. And we chose different places because we, you know, we wanted to have a, a real nice difference in some of the sounds. So we did it with two studios with two of some of our best friends and I mean it turned out really great. I mean it's it's exactly what we wanted it to sound like. I mean so we're really stoked about how it all came together and how it came out, you know. Who are the guys that uh, that you recorded it with? Um, our buddy in Detroit, his name is Josh Wickman, and he owns Dreadcore Productions, and he's the guy that did most of our last record, Empire of Wolves. And then for a long time, we've been friends with Josh Schroeder, who coincidentally enough uh, did King 810's record. He did The Color Morale. He did Battle Cross. Um, he's a great friend of ours. We've known him for years and years. We used to play in bands together, and we were just never able to financially make it work to go record with him. And, you know, we got lucky, and this time around, you know, we were in a good financial situation to where we could make it happen. And we did, so we went out there and recorded nine songs with Josh Schroeder out at Random Awesome Studios. Um, and again, he's the guy that did King 810's record that you guys are listening to now that's out on the rave and stuff. Um, so we did nine songs with him, and then we did four songs. Uh, we did ten, no, sorry, we did twelve songs with Josh Schroeder, and we did four songs with Josh Wickman out in Detroit. Um, and I mean, they came out great. I mean, we both those both of those guys are at, at the top of their game. I mean, they're, they're just super great dudes and super professional on what they do. And I just realized, coincidentally enough, each of those guys actually did King of those records. Uh, Josh Wickman did. King A1O's um, uh, Monsters EP and then Midwest Monsters EP and then Josh Roder, the actual record that's on Road Runners. So, kind of interesting how that worked out. Yeah, and, and, and for you as a... Um as a vocalist, I mean, it's it's not easy to go from like clean melodies to uh, to being able to to scream and 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 yell like that. I mean, it 
I think just even from watching, um, you know, listen to some of the songs, and you guys have had a couple of really good, like, professionally done videos, but uh, the, the passion is definitely there for you when you sing. Like, what what do you tap into now that you've been doing it for 15 years? Is it is, is the mood still the same when you get up there on the stage? Is it still the same as it was maybe when you were in, like, your late teens, early 20s? Like, where do you where do you go to kind of get to that place and, and kind of come from the heart like that? Absolutely, man. I mean, it's still it's still the same as it ever was. Because I mean, for me, you know, I don't really have to search far for it. I mean, I wake up every morning and I think about music. You know, the first thing on my mind when I wake up isn't like, oh, I'm gonna be late for work or this or that. It's you know, like it's music. It's what you know, creating something. I love music. I've always loved it. It's something that's always been in my heart. And for me. Being on a stage and, and creating art is something that I just love to do. So it's not, I don't feel like I have to like dig somewhere deep to like go in there with some hateful feelings or anything because I'm not. Like, I'm not a hateful person. I don't get up on stage and feel paid or anything like that. It's, it's really, I love it. I love being up there. I love performing. I love making music. But, you know, for me, it's like, it's like drinking water. I, I have to have it. And so it's just going up there and it's like, this is what I want to do. I know what I want to do. So I'm just going to do it kind of thing. And, and I feel it the same way every night. There's, you know, I've never felt a day in this band in my life where I was like, I don't want to be on stage right now. Screw all this. Like, I don't want to be, I don't even care. You know, there could be one person, there could be 1,500 people, there can be 10,000. We've played them to all. And I, I, I feel confident in saying if you've ever come to one of our shows, we play the same way we would play to 10,000 people on Mayhem Festival. And we would play the same way that we would play to one person in a snowstorm out in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. You know, like, it's it's no difference to me. And for for this new record, you mentioned a lot of a lot of different sounds and stuff. Um, where where were you coming from this this time around? From a from like a songwriting process. I mean, how how did how did things go for this one? This time around, man. Like, I'll be honest. Before the la- you know a lot of the other records that we've done, I'm a real big fan of like old school hardcore bands, bands like Stripe and H2O and Sick of It All and Madball. That's, you know, what really got me into metal was those bands. Um, so I've always been a big fan of positive self, you know, self-realization and self-empowering lyrics. So a lot of the lyrics that I always wrote were really about, you know, like leaving yourself kind of stuff like that. Um, this time around, man, with this record, when we went to go do it, we all sat down and, you know, with our producer and said, hey, you know, like, what do we want to do? And we talked about all the different styles of music that we liked, you know, and we went, okay, this is the kind of record we want to make. And then when it came to lyrically, you know, I wanted to, you know, for the first time in my 15 years, make it as extremely personal as possible so personal that it's almost uncomfortable for me to sing when I went to go sing it and write it, you know? And that's what we came from this time around. We've had a lot of things happen in the last three years alone that really affected us as a band and our friendships, you know, amongst each other. And we just put all that, you know, frustration and and anger and happiness and hurt and depression into it. And we really came up with something that we're really proud of or really passionate about. So this record lyrically is coming from a really dark place, to be honest, because, I mean, in the last few years, you know, we had a member die who, you know, we've we've had members suffer addiction. You know, we've had 
tell us if things happen. So for us, it, it's a really personal record. A lot of questioning, you know, the existence of, of a higher being kind of thing. So it's really personal. And this time around, it, was, it came from a place that, you know, to go there was hard. It was really hard. <laughs> I mean, there was moments in the studio where we were all crying because it was, it was that. It was that sort of like shit, man. Like this is this is the real deal, you know. We're really doing this, so and we just we hope people respond to it the way that the, the way that we responded to it because we truly love it. Well, man, I'm I'm, I'm sorry to hear about uh, about your loss, man. I didn't I didn't even realize that's that that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what happens, man. I mean, everybody lives, everybody dies. Some of us are meant to be here longer than others. Unfortunately, you know, we we had we had a brother, you know, make some decisions, and those decisions led to him having to check out early in his lifetime. And you know, we just we get through it. You know, we'll never forget him. And a lot of the record is dedicated to him as well because it was, you know, it was something that we loved doing with him. And you know, unfortunately, shit happens. You know. And that that was uh, was it uh, Nick? No, that was Matt. Matt. That okay. was our yeah. That was in a band uh, from two thousand and two thousand and five all the way to two thousand and twelve, and he had to take some time off to you know show himself out and show some addiction problems that he had. And unfortunately, you know, he lost the battle uh, last year in March. It'll be a year that he passed away in March. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, man. But I'm but I'm glad that you guys were able to uh, to to muster up the strength to to keep it going and to to make a new record. I I know um, I know your fans will be happy about that too, man. For sure, man. I mean, you know, like you say, man, music is the best therapy when you're going through some heavy stuff. You know, so for as it really was, was a really good way to put all that out there, you know. And uh, and the last thing I'll ask you, Alfonso, and thanks again, man, for for giving me uh, over a half hour of your time, dude. I really do appreciate it. Dude, no worries at all. No worries. You guys have uh, have this tour coming up with uh, with Dead Label, um, all all the mm-hmm. way from from Ireland, from what I understand. I mean, how how excited are you guys just for for this new year, especially with everything, as you said, that you guys have been through recently, to to just get this music out and and get on the road again. Man, we're super. Uh, I'm I'm super stoked. I know the rest of the guys are too. But I mean, like, we have this new record coming out that we're really pumped about. We have a management company behind us now. We have a lot of cool things happening in the background that you know we, you know, we want to talk about, but we just can't because you know we have to finalize everything. And then we you know have this tour with Dead Label, which is super cool because they're from Ireland, like straight out of Ireland. We're huge fans of like overseas. Most of the most of our favorite bands are from overseas, you know, so for us, it's it's super cool to be able to be doing this at that level, you know, now almost in like a world type view, you know, so for us, it's really cool. Those guys are, I mean, they seem like really nice people. We're really stoked to, to be out on the road with them and, you know, who knows, hopefully we can go out there and jam with them in Ireland too, so we're stoked about the tour. This will be the first tour that we do um, for the new year, and it's shaping up to be really good, man. I mean, everybody seems to be pretty stoked about it. You know, our fans and us alike. So, you know, we're just we're just eager to get out there and do it. We've had almost a month off. That's the longest we've ever had off ever. You know, we've never had more than two weeks off. So, for us to have a month off of not doing anything, we're just hungry, man. We just want to get out there and do it. You know. And uh, any any memorable shows from from Toledo or, or this area over the years? Oh, dude, yeah, man. I mean, dude, I, I, honestly, when I think of Toledo, 
I always think about headliners. And there was a band that we used to play with in Toledo that I will never forget because I still actually have the record. I still love this band. They're not together anymore. They're called Once Over. And uh, they were from Toledo. And they would, I mean, this is back when, you know, we were coming up, but like they would sell out the small room at headliners like nothing. I mean, it was like 500 people there for this band. And it was amazing. And they were a super amazing band. So I, I always have fond memories of Toledo. Anytime you've ever played Toledo, it's, it's been nothing but awesome, you know. You've always had fun, so... Well, Al- Alfonso, I-, I got I got some news for you, man. They're they're uh, they're they're still they're still doing it. They they actually uh, really yeah yeah I um, man, I love that band. I got to check them out. <laughs> yeah yeah man. They uh, they actually came out with an EP. I think you still might be able to check it out on Bandcamp. It was called uh, White Raven that came out uh, last year, and then a couple of the guys are in another band there because you know they they've, they've been buddies growing up, but. Um, there's another band from Toledo called Tropic Bombs that over the last couple of years has kind of fused like reggae and hip hop and funk with like rock and, and the drummer Steve from Once Over, uh, or former drummer and now the vocalist for Once Over, he he also plays in that band and the bassist Nick plays in that band. So, so yeah, man. If, Dude, if, that's awesome. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's cool. That's that's it. Just shows you what a small world this this part of the country is. Because as soon as you said once over, like my hair stood up in my arms. I was like, he knows about once over. <laughs> Dude, I I still have that record, man. I love that band. That record that they had put out like ten years ago was so awesome. Yeah, they're they're there's there's a lot of good stuff they've done over the years. Um, Nine is also on Bandcamp too. That one is really really heavy and really good too. But uh, like you guys, man, they 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 keep at it and they keep doing it and they have a lot of really good core fans. Uh, and and so that's why it's cool to 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 get in touch with bands like you guys, man. It really is fun. Well, Alfonso, thanks again, man. I really appreciate the time and um, I really hope the show in Toledo goes well, man. Dude, for sure. We're stoked to we're stoked to be back, man. And thank you for your time and, and asking me to do this, man. I'm really grateful and we really appreciate it, man. Alrighty, Dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Alfonso from Heartsick, formerly known as No Life. Thanks again, Alfonso, for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. I really can't thank you enough for your time you're a cool dude you're down to earth and i can't wait to see what you guys got coming up with the new material man much love and nothing but positive vibes going into 2015 with the upcoming spring and summer slate can't wait to see you guys and for you guys make sure you go check out these guys live all right may 9th at the loft that's going to be a fun show okay and then you got may 8th in toledo as well you can see heart sick Make sure you go check them out at facebook.com forward slash heartsickband. You can also check them out on Reverb Nation at reverbnation.com forward slash heartsickband. Go follow those guys. I got a chance to check out the song that Alfonso was kind enough to allow me to share with you guys on this podcast. There's a great lyric video for it on youtube.com. It's a very personal song. You can just tell by the way he sings it and the lyric video. It's just awesome. And I I can't wait to see the rest of the stuff coming from these guys. But that song that you're going to hear as soon as I shut my big yapper is Rose Casket Diary. The lyric video is on YouTube. It's great. You guys are going to hear the MP3 version of Rose Casket Diary as soon as I shut my mouth. But 
I just want to make sure I get the thank yous out again. Alfonso, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Can't wait to see what you guys have got coming a new year. Thanks for allowing me to share this with people so they get more info about your band and get an idea for what you guys sound like if they're not familiar. And you guys, make sure you go back and you listen to Heart Six old stuff too, okay? Back in the day when they were no life. K-N-O-W, like no, I like I know you, life with a Y, L-Y-F-E. Check out Veins and Vines, man. All right, back in 2005, incredible EP. When you listen to it, you'll understand why I sold 4,000 comp. Uh, copies independently veins and vines is awesome check it out go look at their old stuff too to get to get an idea of what they sound like if you're not familiar but rose casket diary i'm I'm so excited that alfonso gave me the opportunity to share this with you guys and remember you can go check out past episodes of this show on youtube go to youtube.com type in bauman's breakdown Lots of past shows up there if you want to get into the archives and listen to some of the old stuff and where it started. And remember, if you are a band, I mean it, go follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman and send me a direct message. Say, hey, checked out the show. I'd love for my band to be on the podcast. How can we set this up? And I promise you I will get in touch with you and I will do my best to try to set something up because that's what this is all about, man. It's about sharing music with people, sharing stories with people and connecting through this thing we call music that we all love so much. And I genuinely, genuinely love this stuff, you guys. I'm a total nerd for this stuff, so please get in touch with me. I'm not saying that to pump up my Twitter followers. I could care less about any of that crap. It really is because I love sharing music with people. And it's awesome whether you're underground, independent, signed, whatever. I don't care. I just like sharing music with people. That's It's, it's crazy to think that people from different countries are listening to this, and it's awesome because... That's that's what this is all about, man. You know, it's about getting music out to different people because music gets us all through a lot of stuff, man. You know, it gets us through a lot of stuff. And I that's part of the reason why I'm so excited for the new Heartstick material because these guys have worked really hard at it. They went through a terrible tragedy with one of their good friends and former bandmates. And, you know, it's not easy to sing about that stuff. And, uh, you know, you can even tell on this this track that you guys are going to hear just some of the person, the personal stuff that's going to go into the new the new material. So I can't wait to hear it. And remember, if you want to uh, subscribe to this show, if you have an Android phone, download the app Podcast Addict. That's where I listen to all my favorite shows like More Stories, The Crab Feast, Adam Carolla Show, uh, WTF with Mark Marin, Joe Rogan Experience, Girl on Guy with Aisha Tyler. The BS Report with Bill Simmons, all those I listen to on Podcast Addict. If you have an iPhone, you can download the Podbean app and also get my show that way if you have an iPhone. All right? So once again, thanks, Alfonso. Thank you to all of you for listening to this podcast. It's awesome to, to, to be able to to share this stuff with you guys and to get new music out to you guys. And It's cool, man. It's fun. I love it. And what else? What else? What else? What else? The weekend's coming up. I hope you have a fun, safe weekend. If you drink, don't drive. Uh, And if you drink for a while, make sure you break it up with some water, okay? Nobody likes that loud, drunk guy that pukes on himself. It's not cool. It's not a good look for anybody. All right. Take it easy on the light beer, okay? Trust me. All right. Uh, What else do I want to say? It's sunny here in the Midwest. If it's not sunny where you are, tough cookies. Um, but it is cold here. It is cold here, so I can't rub it in too much. But, you know, if you knew what it was like in the Midwest when it's like 55, people are wearing shorts. Alfonso knows what I'm talking about. We're weird here. The sun comes out. We have horrible winters. 
granted we're not as bad as some other places like you know the north and south dakotas and like freaking minnesota but it, it gets a little nuts here so when it's like 55 people are like seriously in their swimming pools it's crazy but anyway have a good weekend thanks again for listening and keep the faith and be kind to one another as always folks now drum roll please here it is thanks to alfonso you guys are going to check out some new heartsick material right now here is rose casket diary from heartsick peace